Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another exciting edition of DC and Hawani. Oh, my gosh. Do we have a lot to discuss coming off Saturday night's Leon Edwards Bilal Muhammad fight? We'll talk about the state of the welterweight division, state of the lightweight division, all kinds of drama, as always, in this crazy sport known as mixed martial arts. So stay tuned for all of that. But before we get there, I do have a few things I want to tell you very quickly right at the top. First, I want to give a shout out to Daily Wager, hosted by the great Doug Kazarian. It's ESPN's newest podcast for all your betting and information on tonight's games listen every weekday afternoon for the latest info on the biggest games and plays that's daily wager and you can get it wherever you get your podcast and by the way they talk a lot of mma on there so if you're into that sort of thing i highly recommend it also one of my favorite traditions is filling out my march madness bracket i love doing it i missed it very much last year but of course it is back and I am urging all of you to take part in the ESPN Tournament Challenge, and I urge you to beat all your friends, just like I like beating all my friends. And by the way, I'm going to start one for this year program as well, so stay tuned for that. You can sign up now for the ESPN Tournament Challenge at ESPN.com slash bracket. That's ESPN.com slash bracket, B-R-A-C-K-E-T. And very exciting, this year you can boost your bracket with ESPN+. Plus. Use Bracket Predictor to analyze each matchup, get recommended picks one game at a time, and import your picks directly into ESPN's Tournament Challenge. Sign up now over at ESPNPlus.com. All right, as always, today's program, listener discretion is advised, so just be on the lookout. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. Anticlimactic. Yeah, is it? Well, come on, tell me. You know this. You're, no, I said. Now you're making me question is it myself. Climatic or is it anti-climactic? No, climactic. Climactic. Wait, wait. Are you sure? Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this third week of March 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. Of course, that is DC. Daniel Cormier. I am Helwani, Ariel Helwani. So much to discuss, so much going on. DC's back from Las Vegas, I presume, right? You're yes, not in Las yes. Vegas anymore. Back home, back home. What a night, DC. Well, look, I mean, look at my logo. My logo is only when I'm home, right? So, like, I rush home to get in front of my my, my beautiful logo, you know? The fight I don't know. I, there was once a time where you said you, uh, I believe you bought a TV from some location and then you were going to return it i don't know what you do with your you know i still have that tv i still have that tv (laughs) no seriously every time i go to las vegas i leave it at the marriott i promise you i leave it at the marriott in the back in the manager's office every time i show up go and grab the tv and walk it upstairs so i can play my video game i can watch all my shows i've got my own tv in that hotel you know there are rumblings that the UFC is looking to uh, take the show on the road. I feel like you want them to stay at the like the apex stay. situation. I, be honest, I want to stay there. I want, if I'm honest, I want to stay at the apex. The apex is perfect. It's it's safe, right? Everybody in the apex is tested. The environment has become like so normal now. It's like I love the apex, and I get up, I take an hour flight to work, and an hour flight back home. It's like perfect. It's actually like. It's it's the most ideal situation for someone calling fights. So we have so much to discuss. Of course, uh, you were just at the Apex on Saturday night. Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad, holy smokes. Just when you thought things couldn't get weirder for our friend, our mate, Leon Rocky Edwards, uh, they got weirder. So we'll talk about that. Of course, we have a great card to talk about this coming weekend. Your boy, Mr. Kevin Holland. Mr. Big Mouth going up against Derek Brunson. Uh, We got to talk about that. We got to talk about the lightweight division, the welterweight division. We got to talk about Ben Askren. So much to discuss, but of course, uh, would be remiss if I don't wish you and yours, DC, a happy National Artichoke Day. Now, I'm not a big artichoke guy. Are you? No. My mom (laughs) likes it. My mom likes artichokes. Always hated artichokes. Never was a big artichoke guy. I've never had one. In my entire life, I've never eaten an artichoke. In your entire life, you have never tried an artichoke. No, I've never never dipped it into the lemon juice. Never tried. Lemon juice. No, my mom likes artichokes. (laughs) Happy artichoke day. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Uh, National Kansas Day. You have a lot of fans in Kansas. Today's National Kansas Day. I Uh, I I do love National Shoe the World Day. 
not really sure what that really means. I mean, are you supposed to wear shoes? Are you not supposed to wear shoes? Um, that's a bit of a funky one. But here is my favorite. And by the way, I see everyone doing the national thing. I mean, our friends at Beach <laughs> like- Sport yesterday, they were doing International Spider Day and all this stuff. I mean, everyone's copying our gimmick. This is my favorite one and probably yours as well. DC, today is National Napping Day. Oh, that's my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely got, taking a nap, dog. Yeah, you got to celebrate National oh, Napping Day in a big way. Are you going to celebrate that? Are you going to celebrate National Napping Day? I might. Yeah. When my, my daughter comes home from school, we might just take a little schluff, me and her, together <laughs> in the bed. Yeah. Uh, it's a so schluff? good. Yeah, what is a schluff? You know, a little nap. A little nap. You guys don't call it a schluff? Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, and of course, next week, DC, the big one year anniversary of this show. It was a year ago that I did a uh, an IG live with Colby Covington when everything kind of got crazy in this world. So we'll celebrate that next week. For now, though, let us get into what happened on Saturday. So Leon Edwards. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I mean, Leon, you know what? Uh, I, I don't know if you called a good fight or not, because I was talking to Darren Till for like three hours on Twitter spaces. It was phenomenal. So I didn't listen to you. A lot of people said they liked my commentary. I'm not going to lie. It was really great stuff. He was ranking his favorite jails that he's been oh. to. It was Darren, really. What is wrong with Darren Till, man? What is wrong with Darren Till? So you guys are prison now. Oh, I mean, to mend the fence like with Darren Till. He's so. Oh, oh no, I, I never had an issue with Darren Till. He wanted to beat you up last year, like no. I, last year, right around the time the show started. Darren Till was one of the guys that wanted to kick your butt. It was a bit of a work, if I'm being oh, honest. Okay, okay, it was a work. It was okay. Yeah. Good. So um, we were cool, but great night of fights. Let's start with the main event. So Leon Edwards <clears throat> looks amazing in the first round. We talked last week. Cut in shape, ready to go. I thought looked amazing the first round, 10-9 in my opinion, and then disaster strikes. After a warning about a previous eye poke, he very clearly pokes Bilal Muhammad in the eye. Bilal is in a ton of pain, unfortunate situation. Fight is called. Uh, it's, It's ruled a no contest by Herb Dean. And this is one of those situations, DC, and I'd love to get your thoughts. You were there. I feel horribly for both men. I feel horribly for Bilal. First main event, gets his eye poked. Thankfully, he tweeted he's going to be okay. But I got to be honest, 19 months after his last fight, I feel horrible for for Leon as well. Horrible luck. Just the whole thing depressed me. Yeah, it was sad for both sides, honestly, because you saw Leon Edwards come back and fight a beautiful first round and look as sharp and as skilled as we've come to expect from him. But... If you know Bilal Muhammad, you know that it takes some time to get going. 
and that he has fantastic cardio and he usually will build through a fight with his pace and his pressure. Could he have done that to Leon Edwards? Leon has always showed that he's his cardio is fantastic also, you know, but the way the fight was going, it looked as though Leon Edwards had the timing of Bilal Muhammad. He was piecing him up in round number one, man. If you're, being honest, if you're being honest with yourself, he got, Bilal got pieced up in the first round. But as I said, generally, as the fight goes longer, Bilal Muhammad is better in those long, long fight situations. We've seen him uh, build through adversity over a lot of different fights. But the way it ended was just so like, it was almost like just wind out of your sails, right? Because yeah. we saw the fight earlier in the night with Anders. And then we saw that one. It was almost like just the whole room, the whole apex just went like a big sigh of like, oh, that sucks. Inconclusive. Like, what do you do with Edwards? What do you do with Muhammad? We're going to get to all of that in a moment. But this was his big return. Welterweight's a bit of a mess. No one's fighting each other. He takes his fight on short notice after Hamzat can't fight. And we have actually decided nothing as a result of this fight. Like, well, that's it's the, the bigger mess. Yeah. That's the problem. Is even, he, for Leon Edwards, right, it was like he finally had some clarity and some direction, right? If he could fight well and beat Bilal Muhammad, he would get a title fight. That happens. And look, the combination was, it's the same combination that Josh Thompson used to throw. It was a right hand, right kick. We've seen Robert Whitaker do it all the time. That's one of Robert Whitaker knocked out Jacare with that. He dropped Derek Brunson with that. He dropped a lot of guys with that same combination where he throws like a short jab, then a right hand, and the right kick follows the right hand. Because technically, when you're taught to strike, you throw opposites, right? You throw right jab, left hook right kick. You throw right hand, left kick. It's always like opposite. But once you develop and you become a higher level striker, you start kicking off the same side. And that's mm. what Leon tried to do. It was like when he threw the right hand, he was like kind of trying to post in front of the face and then the kick would hide behind the punch. Unfortunately, Thumb was right in the eye of Bilal Muhammad. And now you have no idea what to do. But like he said, man, feel bad for both guys because Bilal Muhammad is a guy that is as big a fan of this thing, Ariel, as he is a fighter. He loves fighting. He loves everything about fighting. He was totally, like, involved, right, with being a main event. From hmm. the poster signing to the interviews to the the being on the, 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 the marquee, it was all very big to Bilal Muhammad. And after last Saturday, there is no, no, no clarity. It really does leave two fighters now just standing still. Wait a second. Josh Thompson, the guy who does the podcast, he fought? Yeah, he, yeah, he was a good fighter, man. Let me tell you oh, something. Josh I Thompson thought he was just a podcast guy. Who Josh, he's a podcast. Josh is a podcast guy, but he was a good fighter. Oh, and my bad. for years, my bad. for years, honestly, for years, the best technical guy we've had out of AKA. He's technically I, so sound. Of course, I'm just joking. Actually, one yeah. of the first events I was ever credentialed to was Josh Thompson, Gilbert Melendez won. I'm just, you know, Josh. Know likes, you're just joshing because... You, oh, you're just joshing because Josh is over on his own podcast. At times, likes to make statements as if he's <laughs> trying to take on the champs, but he don't want to take on the champs. That's right. That's Josh right. Wants, nobody wants to take on the champs. So let me ask you this, DC, because you know about this. You know all about yes. this. You know about uh, poking eyes and getting eye poked. I mean, let's yes. let's call it like we see it. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, no, poking I <laughs> poking eyes. And you know about oh, so now you're not just gonna sit on my side completely. No, no, so you're gonna play. So now you're gonna play it down the middle. You're not gonna down just sit on my side of the fence. Hey, I've taken a lot of bullets for you, my man. <laughs> I've had to swallow a lot of razor blades on your behalf. Okay, 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 okay and so okay. I will defend you till I die. But them's the facts. In light of this, the conversation has come up once again about the gloves. Yeah. So let's talk about the gloves. You know, there was a time not that long ago where Mark Ratner was talking about. Potentially Mark Ratner, of course, the VP of Regulatory Affairs, legend, Hall of Famer, about modifying the gloves, going to maybe a more curved glove a la Pride back in the day. There are pictures. You look at the, 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 the Pride gloves. Your fingers are curved as opposed to the UFC gloves where they're more outstretched. There is also Trevor Whitman. I don't know if you've seen his glove, the Onyx gloves that he has actually, from what I understand, pitched to the UFC. But for whatever reason, I mean, it would be a little more drastic. It covers, you know, the fingers 
we were showing pictures of that as well. It's uh, it's a different kind of glove, but it would preclude people from poking eyes. Is this just a necessary evil? Like, okay, from someone who has been there and felt it, is there any solution to this, or is this just MMA and guys need to be reprimanded stricter so that they don't do something like this? How do you of, how do you see it? A lot it? of times when you are doing that, right? Like when you poke eyes, right? You're trying to grab, and if your fingers aren't allowed to open or straighten, then I think that you could eliminate some of the eye poking. But the reality is there's going to be issues with the gloves being curved if we go forward. It's because my, my thing is this. You're never going to find something that works perfectly. There's going to be issues with everything. And I don't know what it's going to take in order to stop eye pokes. I believe still eye pokes will still happen. Maybe not as frequently, but I believe they'll still happen. But let me think about the eye pokes happen just about every fight. The big one that just happened with Bilal is probably the, when was the last time a big one like that happened, right? Where it was so damaging. Like, I mean, honestly, yours. Yeah, but that was six months ago, seven no, months I'm ago. I'm saying, yeah, no, it's important it's, to know that this doesn't happen every single yes, Saturday, but, but it happens enough. And, it, it and does. it's gruesome. It does. That one was bad. Yeah. But I think he scratched Bilal's, uh, the bottom of the eye, right? It was right. like, it, it went in the eye, but the nail kind of like scratched the bottom. That was the blood. Having curved gloves will help because it does allow you to still lock your hands and wrestle, right? Mm -hmm. If your gloves are curved like this, you can still lock your hands with a grip. You can still grab. You can still do everything. It keeps the fingers from going straight. Even when Jones would touch people in the eye, he wasn't trying to. He was just trying to manage distance, right? And because he's so long, he put his arms out. This thing that they started implementing where you're supposed to have your hand up mm -hmm. has helped. But the reality is you're in a fight. And sometimes those things happen. Unfortunate that it happens in those big spots. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for different designs on the gloves. But I do believe that with the different designs, don't know what the issue will be. There will always be something. Because in a fist fight, it's never perfect. It's never perfect. Even boxing, right? In boxing, you see guys sometimes, they're yep. punching with the glove and they hit them with the wrist and yep. the wrist cuts them, right? But they got full gloves on. Nobody, You're not supposed to punch people with the tape on your glove, but sometimes it happens and guys get cut. There's always going to be issues, but we should do whatever's necessary to try to limit those things. Have you tried Whitman's gloves? No, I haven't tried. Only gloves I've ever trained with outside of the UFC or just those small four-ounce gloves, which I didn't do very much when I was fighting, is those ones that had like the big cushion on the front. Mm. Problem with that is they're so big, right? They're kind of bulky, right? But they're not Whitman's gloves. I'm sure Trevor, who's been around the game so long, has a really good idea and design for the gloves. The gloves, sorry, if they're going to use them going forward. Were the Strike Force gloves at all different than the UFC gloves? Oh, they were very similar. They were okay. very, very similar. But I don't remember Strike Force having that many issues with the eye pokes. And less fights different. also, right? So there's less like fights. It wasn't smaller happening. Smaller sample size. Have you ever tried like the Pride gloves? I don't, I don't even know what the pride gloves are. Like I just, Remember the blue ones, remember those, they were a little more rounded. I, I do believe that the rounded glove could help as yeah. long as it's not so much that it's making it into a fist, right? You just don't want it into a fist. You want to be able to maneuver and use your hands. Right. So if it's just a little curve, just to bend the, the, the front. Okay. But not anything that makes your fingers kind of all the way go forward. The thing is this sport is about to be, 28 years old, at least the UFC, the sport in North America, 28 years old. Evolution is an important part of the sport, right? The NBA, you look back when the NBA was 28 years old, it doesn't look the same. The rules aren't no. the same. So I hope that even though I'm not here to make a mountain out of a mole, I hope that they look at situations like this and say, okay, are we doing everything that is needed to continue to evolve the sport and make it as safe as possible? So that situation, no one, no one wins in a situation like this. No one wants this. Absolutely. And the UFC has shown, right, that they've been willing to evolve and, and change. You've seen things, right? Even from, even from this, the, the gloves need right? to evolve. The gloves need to evolve. The gloves, yes, but even from the uniform, people hated the uniforms. But the UFC yeah. was trying to get in line with most professional sports, right? They've been willing to change. Now it might be time for looking into an adjustment to the the gloves. You know, and I think they're going to be started on the uniforms, good. which, by the way, are going to change next month. There's already some pictures leaked out of the the I new. I never Venom. saw that. I wish I could see that, but I saw. I saw uh, my man the other day, 
dudes, dudes from Tennessee wearing Brazil shorts. Ryan oh, Span yeah. wearing Brazil shorts on Reeboks. Like, yo, you want that color? Cool, dog. We're out of here in a couple <laughs> months. Like, they don't even care no more. Like, yo, you want yellow? Cool. We'll give you yellow. Put you from Brazil. Whatever you decide, we'll do. The Venom deal kicks uh, kicks in in April. So, okay, so let's talk about the actual result because I saw a lot of people saying, okay, it's confusing. Uh, let's oh, be honest. Man. It is confusing. No contest, technical decision, DQ. We saw what happened last week with Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan. We saw what happened in the Eric Anders fight. You see what happens in the main event. Here's the bottom line. Why? So Jan ultimately lost via DQ because the yeah. referee that night, Mark Smith, said it was intentional. He said that he was intentional with Leon. Herb Dean is saying it's unintentional. So as a result, it's a contest, but but he had already warned Leon for poking the eye. Oh yes. But I'm just saying it all boils down to intent. And so the referee is trying to decide intentional or not. Now, I don't know how you can possibly say that Piotr Jan, who was up in a title fight would want to throw an illegal knee intentionally, but they say, Hey, because he was standing there, sizing him up. It was intentional. That's why and it was the ref told him. And the ref told Piotr, the ref told Piotr, no, don't do it. Right. So that action says, well, I told him not to do it. And he still did it. It's almost sure. like a kid. You tell your kid, don't, ju- don't jump off of that. Don't jump off of that. They jump off and it hurt themselves. You go, well, I told you. Right. Although thing. he doesn't speak English, it's not fluent in English, at least here's the bottom line. It all boils down to intent. How are these referees able to decide if someone is doing something intentionally because at the end of the day you are extending your hand you are throwing a knee intentionally to hurt intentionally to do something illegal or not so in this case with leon herb said unintentional we're going to no contest because the fight was only in round two you can't go to technical decision because it's not past the midway point it's a bit confused like how are we deciding intent ultimately like that's honestly i don't even know because you could say well why doesn't everything just get called a DQ. Well, that's not fair because now you're going to throw illegal stuff to get out of a fight. Or why doesn't everything just get called a no contest? And we we run it back. Like, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about this? Because if it's all being boiled down to intent, that gets real murky real murky. fast. It gets very murky. And also it puts these officials in a situation, right? It puts them in a very difficult situation because everything's happening in real time. Herb Dean didn't go to a monitor and look at Leon Edwards to see if it was intentional, he just kind of went off of what he saw in that moment. Well, sometimes they miss things in that moment, right? Like, so even when Steve and I were fighting and I got poked in the eye, I fell away. The ref thought it was a punch. Hmm. He missed it. What if I'd have been like, I can't continue after seeing the replay. Now what? How do you determine intent? You understand what I'm saying? So everything's happening so fast. And that's my biggest issue with, Sometimes a guy gets hurt real bad. Referee has to rush over there to stop the fight. People are saying it will stop too slow. It's all happening so fast, man. Yeah. When you're inside that octagon, it's like things are going at a thousand miles a minute. Like it may look slow to you on TV, but it's like split second decisions that ultimately lead to the outcome that you hope to get. Referees have to do that too. And so when he sees that, honestly, his reaction was based on Bilal's reaction. Mm. Because think about it. When he, when he did the move, Bilal fell to the ground. That's when Herb Dean jumped in the middle and was like, wait, 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 wait. Right? Like, he didn't just, like, go, oh, I poke. Because he's just watching two guys fight as we are. So when Bilal fell and starts going, oh, my goodness, the, the, the right reaction to being poked as severely as he had just done, Herb Dean responded off of that, saw the damage, and said, oh, this fight's over. That's one area where I want to give Herb credit. When he saw Bilal's eye and it was in the damaged state that it was in, he immediately goes, it's not like he said, do you want to continue? Yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to put the decision in his hands. He said it was over. And then he has to determine whether it was intentional or not. But again, it was based off seeing how Bilal reacted to the eye poke that started the whole situation, the whole chain of events. It's, it's happening so fast, man. And it's putting these officials in a very difficult position to try to in real time, determine whether or not something was intentional and is it worth ending a fight? I don't know if there's an answer to the glove issue. I don't know if there's an answer to this particular issue. I do know this. If you look at all the officiating jobs in all of sports, this is I, would, I would strongly make the case, even more so than boxing, that MMA officials 
have the toughest job in all sports because there is so much murkiness. The sport is so young. There's such a gray area. It's also subjective. So I just want to say Mark Smith, Herb Dean, Keith Peterson, Jason Herzog, who I think is one of the best. I was very happy to see Mike Beltran finally get a shot in Nevada. I have a lot of respect for these guys. And just because we sit here and critique things, it's very easy for us to do. They have a tough, tough freaking job out there. Very tough. Now, sometimes they don't do a good job and you got to come out on it. But man, it's tough. Judges, Ariel. We, We are on these judges every weekend. But all the things that goes into judging a fight, right? It's difficult. They're sitting out there behind there. They're watching through the cage. There are pillars in the cage. At some point, you can't see. It's just a, these. All these jobs are so extremely hard that we have to respect the people for the time that they give and spend in learning how to do these very, very difficult jobs. And you're constantly out there to be judged, right? You're constantly out there to be judged, yeah. right? Herb Dean, it's almost like every week we have a, ju- a, a judge or an official getting some sort of flack for a decision they made. There was a fight earlier in the night where I thought one of the, the referees allowed the guy to fight his way back in the fight. I think it was Herb Dean whenever the kid from uh, Mexico was fighting against the kid from Canada. I don't know. Jordan. Jordan. Charles Jordan, Jordan was yeah. right, I thought it was over. I was like, oh, my goodness, it's over. Herb let him continue to fight. The kid got back up and actually fought his way back into the fight. So it's like it's hard, man. It's hard not to just say this one's done the moment somebody goes to the ground. And it's hard to judge these rounds. Marcelo Rojo is the the young man. Marcelo Rojo, yeah. Speaking of, uh, who I do believe is actually from Argentina. Argentina, yes, Argentina. Um, but he trains down in Mexico yes. at, at gym with all those guys, yes. And what about the fact? What about the fact that all week long, Leon Edwards is watching clips of marvelous Marvin Hagler? Bro, the last thing. He posts on his Instagram is a picture of Marvin pointing to the infamous war hat before knowing that he passed away earlier in the day. And then we find out in the middle of the broadcast, I thought it was awesome that you guys quickly made the call to honor him at the beginning of the main card. That is some eerie, eerie stuff, right? Eerie, I mean, eerie. Just but absolutely bizarre. Were you a fan of Hagler back in the oh, day? So much, man. I got, if I could walk you around my office right now, I have very few pictures up on the wall. And I've got a picture of Hagler versus Hearns because I still believe it's one of the greatest short fights of all time. These the first guys, round, the first round might be great, yeah, the, the greatest, greatest first round ever in yeah, any fight sport. I mean, it was a short fight though, right? Three rounds. Didn't they fight three rounds or four? Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah but that first round, round, right? It's a short fight. Yeah. And this was when they were going 15 rounds, right? This was a very short fight. And these guys just blew the, the roof off. And I was so sad to hear that Marvin Hagler passed away, you know, because he wasn't as like bolsterous as some of the champions from back in the day in boxing champions, but you could tell that he was just so iron willed and so tough and, and so good that we respected him. You know, I said it on the broadcast Saturday, it's my childhood, right? All those boxers, they're my childhood. Now Muhammad Ali's gone. Marvin Hagler's gone. And as you age, man, you start to lose your idols and heroes and it really does suck. Yeah. Three round fight unbelievable back in 1985 um i posted the clip really one of the i mean that first round is just crazy. three minutes <laughs> they of... went crazy <laughs> they went crazy and tommy there was no boxing like, going on it was just hey, a brawl they were fighting and, and at a point tommy hearns was like what in the world is going on because if you watch marvin Hagler before he wasn't that reckless he had great power and he had great skill but he just wanted to i mean he wanted to hurt the motor city hitman and i'm telling you man they went at it that was a great fight it was a great fight. So just very bizarre stuff. And I didn't notice that. I went back and looked. And I was like, wow, yeah, he did post about him. Um, so heartbreaking, just 66 years young. And our <laughs> condolences go out to his family. And this is something that you've seen every single boxer, fighter, athlete on the planet talk about him and his influence. Shout out to Joe Rogan, posted a great thing about oh, that was great, uh, wasn't it? Marvin Hagler oh, on Rogan drawing that up. And yeah, when crazy, he was a kid. Right? Yeah, when he was a kid. Unbelievable. Um, so just a, a sad night for fighting. And then this happens. And so let's talk about what's next, DC, because afterwards our guy Rocky gets on and says he wants a title shot. And I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how you can justify giving him a title shot. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Crazier things have happened. I mean, for God's sakes, you fought Alexander Gustafson for the belt after he got brutally knocked out by Rumble Johnson. That's worse, right? So crazy. People have gone title shots off of losses. Nick Diaz, Misha Tate, Alexander Gustafson, et cetera. However, this one feels a little inconclusive. Hey, me. 
But you title shot off of a loss, right? I lost and got a fight again for a belt. So what you're talking about, Stipe? With Stipe, yeah. No, but that's different. You lose the belt, you get a media rematch, a little different. I'm talking about someone who wasn't attached at all to the fight. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm trying to be nice to you here. But here's the thing. How do you justify giving a touch? And what do you do with with Leon Edwards now? Because again, I feel like we answered no questions on Saturday night. Nothing was answered. Nothing was answered. But, right? Leon Edwards fought because he hadn't fought in 19 months. He didn't oh, yeah. necessarily have to fight below Muhammad. He did. And I see him trying to go forward now. Is it a title fight? Eh, I don't know. It seems as though Masvidal is fighting for the belt again. So this is the situation. Masvidal, Usman, late August, September, like late fall. Sorry, late summer, early fall. Did so, Mas- has Masvidal fought since he lost to no, Usman? No. So, I mean, it's the same... Right? Like he's getting an immediate title shot. Right. Uh, I think it'll take Rocky one more fight. Yeah. And I don't know if it'll be against Bilal Muhammad. I think Bilal's going to need a little time to recover. And mm-hmm. then um, it was ideal for him. And my heart breaks for Bilal Muhammad. It was ideal for him because Bilal doesn't normally get that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't get that fight. Huge. And it was like circumstances allowed for him to get that fight. And then for it to end that way, I feel as though the company and Leon are going to move forward together with what they want to do with Leon. And Bilal has to take that gradual build to the top of the division as it would have normally taken him. So it sucks for him. And I don't know what you do with Leon Edwards. I think it'll be a Kobe Covington or somebody else. I want to say this clearly so no one, no one um, gets confused. I would have absolutely no problem with them running this back. No, absolutely no problem me either i would not no but i don't think they will though I'm i don't think you, they like, will no i'm telling you like i believe that it's justified for them to fight again mm-hmm. but i don't believe that it's going to happen because once again circumstances allow for this fight to happen in the first place yep. they would not normally do number 13 versus number two or number three i don't know what he is right now but mm-hmm. they don't normally do that so because of the circumstances the, the fight happened. I don't know if they're going to, I think they're going to move forward with Leon in a different way, especially if Bilal needs time to get healthy. Especially. Um, yeah, no, especially that um, if, if they don't go in that direction, I hope they make it up to Bilal. I hope he gets a big time fight. Yeah, I mean, Walter White's a mess. Fight. No one wants to fight anyone at Walter White, especially in the top five, but I hope he gets a big name. Yes. Um, I would have zero problem. I would repeat because I know people are going to try to, you know, mince my words. Run it back, no problem here. If they don't run it back, I understand why they wouldn't. And I understand, by the way, why Leon is trying to shoot his shot at this point. Because he's like, look, man, I've been screwed left and right. People have gotten title shots off losses. I was winning that fight. Golly, what more do I have to do? I don't think he said golly. That's more of a, you know, of an American (laughs) term. But you get the point. And so to me, there are only two other options. If you're not running it back, if you're not going to reconsider that, there are only two options. Colby, Gilbert Burns. Those are the only options. Right. Yes. yes. Those are the yes. only options that le- I don't think you can justify giving him a title shot off this as much as I would love to. Hey, the guy's unbeaten now in nine fights, winning streak, eight fights. But really, Leon Edwards, let me tell you something. Kamar Usman and, and Jorge Masvidal aren't fighting again after they fight in September or so. Right. Or August. They're not going to come back in December. I mean, historically, those guys aren't fighting that actively unless it's a very quick fight. So you're going to wait now a whole year, probably March. Oh, yeah. Right. You can't do that. He so has to fight. Colby, Gilbert or Bilal are the three options. Yes, you, you, you know, like you said, it would be good to see him fight again with Bilal Muhammad. But I think Bilal Muhammad's going to have to fight somebody else in the top 10. Somebody around 9, 8 in that range. Um, Leon Edwards will be fighting against one of those two guys that you named. Because then you start to get some clarity in terms of who's next. I believe it'll be him and Kobe Covington. That'll be the fight I would that I think will get made. Because I think... If you put Leon and Gilbert Burns together, now Gilbert Burns is fighting against uh, the guy that is on the short list for a title fight. And if he wins, how do you put Gilbert back right. in there with Kamaru Usman after what you just saw? So I think you put it with Covington because the winner easily faces Usman Masvidal winner, no questions asked. Yep. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We have to move on to other things. There's so much else to, to get to, but very quickly, shout out to Matthew Semmelsberger. Yes. 
I I get a text from Josh Thompson right here in the middle of like right now. Josh Thompson texts me about wrestling. He's wrestling like in, oh, like, okay. in, like right away. He's like, "Yeah, I love want you, to Josh." Wrestle, but that's crazy. Josh texts me right there when we were just talking about him. Love you, Josh. Of course, someone could say, "Why are you looking at your text in the middle of the show?" But that's that not happens. Even there. Uh, Jinyu Fry, congratulations to her on her first win in the UFC. Uh, Hani Yaya, who I thought was fifty-one years old, is still doing his thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hani Yaya is thirty-six years old. Charles Air Jordan, my fellow Canadian with the big win, Angela Hill with the big win. Um, Mateus Nicolau, who was brought back to the UFC after okay. the uh, the flyway purge. Davy Grant, Dan Ige, 50K oh, Ige, Ryan Span. So all in all, it was a great night of fights. Great night of great fights, night great of knockout. Year. A lot of knockouts and finishes. I mean, we were done with the show. It was seven something. Hmm. It was absurd. Like, it, we're never done that early. But everybody, I mean, there was a 22-second knockout. There was like a 10-second knockout. I mean, it yep. was crazy. Yeah, people were just like, wow, we want more of you and Darren Till. Keep going, keep going. I was like, guys, oh, the night yeah, is they, they were like, the mute, they were muting us, but they're like, yeah. listen to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Listen, That's always listen. good, you know? All right, so we just talked about the uh, the welterweight division a little bit and that whole mess. Now I want to talk about another division that we don't talk about enough on this program, the lightweight division. It's been a while oh, since wow. we, we talked never, about we never discussed that. What are you going to ask me? Is Khabib coming back? Like, I mean, that's the next yeah, question. Yeah, you know what? We haven't talked about that. Do you want to weigh in on that one or no? I mean, um, come on, man. So there I am a couple of days ago, just scrolling through Twitter and social oh. media. And I see this tweet from uh, DC uh, just kind of chilling. I, I guess you were just kind of like relaxing. Relaxing. Yeah, just laying on my couch and just. Yeah. What it is the is the moment I sit still, my mind starts to run, and I start to think about lightweight, and I'm like, wow, hmm, okay. You're just thinking, like you're the the day is over, your responsibilities are over, Coach DC is done, and you're just like, hey, let me just kind of like you know Match the lightweight let, division. Let me let me give uh, Sean Shelby the night off here, and I'm gonna put yes. together some fights. Yes. So you throw out uh, Benil Dariush versus Tony Ferguson because I think Benil deserves it. I'm like, wow, Benil's on a run. Tony's kind of working his way back. This is a little bit of a step back. Let's do that one. I think that works. In my house, relaxing and looking at rankings, I'm thinking, how about Gaethje Chandler? Then we yes. go Islam RDA. And lastly, give my boy Benil the big fight and match him up with Tony Ferguson. What do y'all think? Exciting, right? Wow. I mean, this guy. A lot of responses to people like weighed in. Like it was a good, it was a good, it was a good conversation starter. And then lo and behold, two days later, bang. Benil Darius, Tony Ferguson, done deal. Is it? Done deal. So, so wait, so relax, DC's a thing? Re I mean, I, I said it afterwards. I think that you have become the most powerful man in MMA media <laughs> for your ability to match, make these fights. Then I get word, Gaethje Chandler in the works. So, let me tell you something. Two if for this two. is real, if, this, <laughs> if you're not pulling my leg here, if Gaethje Chandler's in the works, I can tell you the thought behind that. From my perspective, if you want to hear it. Was it a dominant thought? It was very dominant because mm. I was thinking, remember before I said Gaethje should be in the title fight? Mm. Well, now it looks like that's not happening. So if not, why not put him in there with the new guy who's right on the verge of getting a championship? And if the champion Khabib moves on, whoever wins that fight is a just number one contender. That's that's it. So the thought came from a position of dominance. Yes, for sure. Yes. Mm. yes. Okay, interesting. Absolutely. Um, and then the next one was, RDA Islam Makhachev, your boy. Absolutely. Again, built-in storyline, right? RDA is a guy that Habib fought back in the day, and as guys have won fights over RDA, they have gone into title contention. I was thinking the same thing for Islam. If Islam can get past RDA, it puts him in a position where you are looked at as a lightweight contender or a future title challenger. Remember, Khabib. Kobe Covington, Kamara Usman, they've all had to fight and get through RDA in order to get to their championships. And that is why I thought of that matchup. Not well, to mention, I got one more. I got Connor versus Dustin, but that's pretty perfect. much, well, you know, common knowledge. Well, I'm here to tell you you're wrong about RDA and Islam. Oh! You went two for three. You went two for three. Oh! I mean, it seems like you put the card it before died. the horse. It's so perfect. Well, it's so perfect. That's not to say they're not interested, but after seeing your tweets and finding out about Gates channel, I was like, whoa, weird things are going on here. So I reached out to RDA. And by the oh. way, RDA had a great tweet a couple of days ago saying, all right, I'll fight you, Islam, if when I beat you, I'll fight your boy, Habib. Great stipulation. I mean, this is yes. a tremendous storyline. But spoke to him on Saturday, and he told okay. me on Friday 
he had surgery for a sports hernia that he's been battling okay, okay, okay. before so Arnie, the Felder fight. Out okay, six okay. to eight weeks, said, I'll take that fight. I have no problem, but I need six to eight weeks. And and I want I want the agreement to be made that if I beat this guy, I get his boy Habib next. Now, can I just say something very quickly before you <laughs> chime in? Can we just have a moment for RDA? This freaking guy fights prospects, champions, contenders. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at the resume. This man fights anyway. Like, who's, who's even with the stipulation, who is raising their hand to fight Islam Makhachev right now? Nobody. Right? RDA would do it, though. But, hey, as I said, RDA is a very tough out for anyone. But it has shown that when athletes are able to get through RDA, they do make runs towards titles. I know Kobe was an interim champion, but still, you know, Usman, Habib, uh, all those guys became champs uh, after fighting RDA. Look, man, I love the stipulation. But but six to eight weeks for Islam Makhachev doesn't really matter all that much because you can't think that he's going to fight again before Ramadan, right? So it just pushes him. It just pushes them into the to the fall, which is when or the summer. You're saying <laughs> so you're going back to saying that fight is going to happen. I'm going back to it. I'm thinking that's the one. I'm All thinking right. that's the one. I don't care what you say. You try to discourage me. You're <laughs> trying to get in my head because you always know stuff that I don't know. So you're trying to get in my head and trying to trick me into getting off it because you say, Oh, you are two for three, so you're not that good at this. So I'm saying I believe that with Ramadan, the six to eight weeks puts RDA. In that time frame where Islam is not fighting Fair. and training, you know, under those circumstances, I believe after Ramadan, Islam will want to prepare and try to fight RDA. But here's the problem. Fight. By the way, it is a great fight. And Gaethje Chandler is a great fight. And and uh, and, and Ferguson Benil is a great fight. It's great to see Benil finally get a big name fight. Where does that leave Charles Oliveira? Look <laughs> at the rankings right now. Here's the beauty in that, right? I think right. It leaves, now you're starting to eliminate people. Who's yeah. left? Who's left? Because Charles Oliveira has to either be, right? Remember, and, and you got to pay attention to this. Dana said the other day, Connor's the guy that's back to, don't matter what happens, I'll fight whoever. Does Charles Oliveira maybe stay in as a, 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 a if Dustin or Connor get hurt, we put Charles Oliveira in there because you leave. Come on, this you guy. Leave, you leave the number one contender free. To Rome. And if, say, if Connor and Dustin are scheduled to fight and Connor gets hurt, Charles Oliveira Poirier, you immediately just make it a title fight, right? Like, so you kind of, you leave him kind of floating. The only reason this isn't a title fight is because McGregor's attached to it and Poirier understands the McGregor fight at this point outweighs the championship. Mm. But if Connor gets hurt or says, I have to pull, go back, move the fight back, and they say, well, Dustin, we want you to stay. Put him and Oliveira together now for the championship. Well, first, it, it is important but to know. The problem is this, though. The problem is this. I'm not laying on my couch. Yeah. I'm not just so looking at the rankings. So I like, I'm not as relaxed, right? Like, I'm not as relaxed as I am normally. Well, okay. But first, I do want to say, you're speaking of McGregor Poirier 3 as though it is, quote, unquote, fait accompli. It is oh. not fait accompli. Oh. It's far <laughs> from fait accompli. They wanted it for May. The clock is ticking on that. I mean, we're almost we're exactly two months away from that UFC 262 card on May 15th. So now the talk is July, but they need to get that fight done. And it is not done because they're having some issues with getting everyone on board. So the question is, will they try to use Charles as maybe, hey, Dustin, we can't come to terms. We're going to do Connor Charles for the or for the vacant title or interim title. And oh, by the way, let's get even crazier. Do you do an interim title fight on May 15th? Because DC, go through the rankings, go through everything right now. The heavyweight champion is fighting on, on March 27th, right? Steve uh, Miocic. Okay. Yeah. The light heavyweight champion, Jan Bohovic, he just fought. So he's not fighting on May 15th. Middleweight champion Israel Asanya just fought. He's not fighting on May 15th. Welterweight champion, we talked about him, Kamar Usman, late summer, early fall. Khabib, 155. Let's keep that on the sidelines for now. Volkanovsky fighting March 27th. Sterling Yan, can Sterling come back that soon? Tough after the concussion. I know the UFC would like for it to happen, but it seems tough. Flyweight, Davis and Figueredo, June 12th. Then you got Amanda, 145 and 135. Can they convince her to come back? Uh, tough. And then you got 125, Valentina, April 24th. And you got Zhang Wei Lee, 115. There's no one for March, for May 15th. Uh, those, are the type, those are the types of situations where you see an interim championship, right? Like, and those, those are normally the type of situations where you see an interim championship or, or, or 
a Nate Diaz fight. That is, those are the types of situations. Nate Diaz Oliveira. I mean, those are the types of situations, right? Like where there is no main event, there is no headliner. You see either an interim championship or you see a Nate Diaz fight. So I don't know. Fingers crossed. You might get the Stockton bad boy back. You might get the Stockton bad boy back. And speaking, you would of, think that you would know that, though, right? Since you've got this great yeah. relationship with Nate. Oh, Diaz. I do. I do. But listen, the reason I have a great relationship with Nathan Diaz is because I don't oh, always. Nathan Diaz. Oh, yeah, it's Nathan. He told me on, 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 on camera. He said, I, that's my name. He said, that's my name, Nathan. I said, clear <laughs> yeah. it up once and for all. Is it Nate or Nathan? He said, Nathan, that's my name. But there I am, DC. Oh, and to answer your question, the reason I have a great relationship with him is because I don't spill the beans when he tells me something. When it's in the vault, it's in the vault. So Nathan is revved and ready to go. Make no mistake about it. The question is, does he go after a 170 guy, a 155 guy? We'll find out. But there I am on social media. And all of a sudden, after you and I together offer a very good and I thought fair and concise breakdown of the aftermath of the Aljamain Sterling Curion fight, there oh, I see boy. you and Aljo hobnobbing it up, <laughs> leaving me to the side. Oh, oh you wait, look wait, so wait. sharp on TV. So hey, off, my brother, off, what is this all about? So first off, first off. I absolutely hated my jacket last weekend. I hated my jacket. Oh, wait. So was I, he making fun of you? Yes. I think he was making fun of me. <laughs> so you kill him with kindness, right? So he just, see, he thinks like, he thinks, oh, DC looking great. I abs- I look like Jerome Bettis. My shoulders look so big. It looks like I had shoulder pads. I hated the jacket. It's my fat jacket. I have today started to diet because I think I look ridiculous. Um, I think he was trying to take a shot at me. So then I just said, "Hey, you kill him with kindness. I love you, champion." And it didn't give it didn't give it didn't get a response. So I don't understand. So maybe he was telling me. I don't know. You know, I just said, "Hey, listen, I love you. So as you come at me, I just kill you with kindness. That's all I do." Oh, it's very and nice. I'm not trying to like leave you out because it's you and me, baby. Hey, yeah. it's us, dog. It's us, dog. They can't come. It's me and you. It's me and you. But I think he was trying to say, "Oh, DC, that's a nice jacket," because I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. I hated the jacket. I hated it. But, you know, it is what it is. It had that the guy great... all week. The guy all week, though. Aljo all week was just trying to defend himself, trying to fight. It's like, you can't, I know you cannot win in those situations. You got to just kind of let it be. Very quickly on the jacket, it had that gray 1997 look to it. I mean, oh, it, was it, bad. It, was, it was bad. And then I see the tweet and I'm like, <laughs> wait a second, what's going on here with Aljo? Aljo giving him a shout out. I <laughs> And can I just say this about the whole Aljo situation? We don't have to get into it all over again. But I thought it was super interesting. Of course, like, here's Daniel Cormier, Demetrius Johnson. Here's some of the legends of the game. And he, John McCarthy, who freaking wrote the rules, right? And then, and he attacks me and says, I'm not an athlete. I have no right to say X, Y, and Z. Well, Well, let me finish. Let me finish. Well, let me finish. Did I say anything about the fight? Did I say anything about the decision? Did I say anything about being a champion? Did I say anything about DQ and how he acted? I spoke about the aftermath, the face-off with Cejudo, which he said, I was trolling the Russian fans. Okay, yeah, like we're all supposed to know that, and that seems like a bit of a cop-out. Or the stuff afterwards with the pictures and whatnot. That's talking about another human being's behavior. I'm a human being. I can comment on human beings' behaviors outside of the cage. So this whole, like, you're not an athlete, what a what a low-hanging fruit shot to take. And by the way, DC, tell them. Tell them about my athletic powers. Let's not pretend you weren't the captain of the basketball team at the Maccabi Games. I mean, we're talking about the captain of the Canadian captain. basketball team. The Jewish Olympics. The Jewish Olympics. The Maccabi, Maccabi Games. Yes. Ariel Hawani was Tell the them. team captain of the bronze medal winning Canadian losing. team. Losing. We lost in the bronze medal. Oh, game. wait, losing. But, but let's not act like you're no athlete. And you're also the guy that did hey, the greatest adult rec league in the world, New York City. New York City. You said the it. Game winning three pointer to give your team, what was the team name? Uh, the Montreal Expos. The, the championship. So let's not go act like this dude's not an athlete. So y'all better put some respect on my boy's name. I appreciate respect that. Respect on my boy's name. Yeah, Aljo. Respect my name. I mean, you're going around speaking my name a lot and not knowing about my athletic prowess. In fact, I'm a pretty damn good athlete, as you That's just laid out. About, <laughs> Have y'all not seen his legs? His legs are big. Have you not seen this boy? Dude, dude jumps through the roof, man. Let's go, baller. 200 pounds. People don't know. Two. Hey, hey, people look at your little slumping shoulders and they see you the as bills. a target, but they don't understand the power in that base. You know, you got that strong bottom half, 200 pounds. You're a big man. 
neither here nor there. He could say whatever he wants. I was commenting on the aftermath. And I think the uh, the record will show that the fans are sort of in agreement that the interviews, the, the the discussion, the back and forth, it's a lot of mixed messages. Oh, I'll fight Zahudo. I'll fight this guy. I would sometimes less is more, as you put, take a break. You don't have to defend yourself 24 seven, by the way, it was, it was a drama filled week. Can we just quickly talk about Juliana Pena dropping one of the all-time pipe bombs. I mean, I thought that CM Punk back in the day in Las Vegas dropped one of the all-time pipe bombs. Juliana Pena, I do an interview with her, DC, and she starts like going off before we even start recording. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to like, she, I think she thought we were live on the, on, the, on the Zoom thing, how we do the interviews now. And she just brought it on Amanda Nunes. And I have to say, I'm in. I loved everything about it. I'm 100% sold. I believe that as I look and watch Juliana Pena, right? Because when you hear someone come at the champ in that regard, you go back and you watch a little bit. Like, what in Juliana Pena's style would intrigue me about the fight? Because the words are one thing, but you got to have the ability to follow it. So I watched a couple. I watched a fight with Sarah McManigan recently, mm-hmm. and I'm in. Because her grittiness, her toughness, her physical prowess are three things that make me believe she has a chance. And then she made that great point about the Cats and Gano fight long time ago, decade. It was a lifetime ago in terms of a, a career, in terms of who Amanda is today. But honestly, we really haven't had to see Amanda deal with that since she went on this run because she dominated Misha Tate. She dominated Ronda Rousey. She dominated Holly Holm, Megan Anderson, Megan, sorry, Megan Anderson, uh, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. The, I can't remember the girl's name from Canada. Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer, yeah. right? She never was challenged in those fights. And when she was challenged in the fight with Valentina Shevchenko, it was all boxing and kickboxing, right? It wasn't much grappling. Jermaine Durand, I mean, she controlled all the grappling circumstances. What happens if she fights someone that's willing to go through the fire in order to take her down and grind on her as Zingano did? Because that fight back in the day, Zingano got battered in the Mm -hmm. first round but in the second round she was still there and that's something that amanda hasn't had to really see since all the way back there because she's controlled all of the uh the exchanges which is a credit to amanda nunez and in addition to that let's just be honest 135 145 there's no one out there for her right now for amanda nunez She's going to poke the bear. She's going to make it interesting. She's going to sell the fight. This is what we want. You know, it's been a little hunky-dory these days with Amanda Nunes fights. Like, I, I don't want to see Kumbaya all the time. I want someone. And I got to say, her trash-talking skills were phenomenal. Like, she had some really <laughs> great lines about, you know, her not being in shape and gassing out and all this stuff. Yeah, oh, is it a little she crazy? Said that. She said, if you will, she said, come down to 135 or she can stay fat up at 145 and beat on these girls. Like, what is just... Juliana Pena is like, yo, let's go. She like she, she told to. she told uh, she told Amanda to keep her her partner Nina Ansaroff on a leash. Like she was getting real Ooh. spicy there, and I was like, yo, <laughs> She's like towing the line, right? Like towing the line, like because she got involved in some Twitter back and forth with uh, with uh, with Amanda and and uh, Juliana. All I'm saying is, yes, I know she's two and two in her last four fights. but she's coming off a great win. She was away for a long time because she gave birth. Let's not forget. She's a former Ultimate Fighter winner. There's no one else out there right now. The idea of them fighting potentially on that May 15th card, Mother's Day weekend, kind of cool. Two oh, moms. Oh, my goodness. That would be great. Right? That would be great. That's the oh. fight. That's the oh. fight. Shout out I'm to I'm going to go lay on my couch. I'm going to go lay on my couch. And if there's a tweet out later in the afternoon, just know that there's a strong chance that it's happening. The Venezuelan Vixen. Tremendous promo. If you haven't seen it, that go was check great. it out. Now, we do have to give a, a, a bit of time to... Mr. Derek Brunson and Mr. Kevin Holland fighting yes. this weekend. Are you doing this one? No, I'm home. It's my birthday then, Saturday. Oh, that's right. Any big yeah, plan? Birthday, that's crazy. It's crazy. What's so crazy? I mean, it happens once a year. I'm 42 years old already. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm just like flying. Like, what happened? I remember when I was younger. I know. Any big plans? No, no plans. Uh-huh. My daughter uh-huh. has, for the first time in a year, my daughter's gymnastics team is allowing parents to go in and watch him do some of their, their, their stuff they've been working on during the pandemic. So oh, wow. I'm excited about that. I know there's nothing you'd rather do than that. Um, so that's big. Uh, this card, by the way, sneaky good. It your is. Boy, your boy, Tai Tuivasa returning. Uh, Gregor Gillespie in his first fight since that Kevin Lee loss against Brad Riddell. 
Uh, but I love this main event. And by the way, DC, what I like about it is much like what we saw just a few weeks ago in the heavyweight division, this feels like the beginning of a middleweight tournament. You got this fight. You've got Darren Till and Marvin Torrey, which we found out last week, will be on ABC. So that's exciting on April 10th. And then April 17th, you've got the return of Robert Whitaker against Paulo Costa. I don't feel like anyone right now has a leg up, but I feel like the guy who looks the best out of these three fights, these six fighters, will get the next shot at Izzy. Could it be Holland, who's won? Went 5-0 in 2020. This is a big-time fight. This is a big fight for Kevin Holland. And bro, I, I try not to say this about fighters, right? But certain guys, if you get past them, you seem to be on the path to a title. That's Derek Brunson, mm. Robert Whitaker. RDA, you just mentioned it about. Who's that? You just said the same thing about RDA. Yeah, right? Robert Whitaker, Israel Asanya, they beat Derek Brunson. They become title challengers and become champions. If this is the fight for Kevin Holland to do that, but we saw the Shabazian fight. Eric Brunson is still as good as they come at middleweight. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that against Kevin Holland, he has to really rein himself in. If he goes crazy and he's wild, Holland's going to catch him with something that's going to make him look bad. We've seen Derek get hit with punches at times because he overextends himself, right? Even that Asanya fight, he was reaching. He was trying to shoot him far out. He was kind of tripping over himself. He did it with Shabazzian a little bit. But he was able to get takedowns and control him to the point that he exhausted him. Derek needs to take all these skills that he's developed at Sanford MMA and stay within that bubble, that game plan that they're going to develop for him. If he wants to beat Kevin Holland, who is an absolute sniper, right? He's an absolute sniper. And what's crazy about Kevin Holland is that he's really known for his grappling. He's a guy that trains down in, in Texas with Travis Luter, right? It's Travis mm-hmm. Luter, yep. who's a phenomenal grappler in his own right and has all these submission skills, but he's a sniper. You saw what he did to Joaquin Buckley. I mean, he goes, wipe your boogers, and then hits him with a pop, pop, drops him, and puts him to sleep. He's in the guard of Jacare and knocks him out in that way. So it's just, it's a fantastic matchup, and it has so much at stake when these two come together this weekend. I can't wait for it. Yeah, because I know I know Brunson lost Izzy back in the day, but if 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 Holland wins, he can really set the tone and be like, all right, Till Vittori, all right, Whitaker, Costa, you try to up this. Like if he does something spectacular, remember. Holland and Izzy have a history. Remember yeah. when Holland won? Few- and everybody thought it was a joke, right? Everybody Laughing thought- at him like, oh, this kid's calling out the champ. Now the kids won five in a row. Mm-hmm. He this weekend. Now he's on a six-fight win streak and viable. And a lot of people thought he was a fighter of the year last year. A yep. lot of people. Why wouldn't he be on the short list for championship fight? Especially if Edesanya goes, well, me and Rob just fought barely, you know, it wasn't that long ago. So why do I need to fight Whitaker again? It's crazy. Yeah. I love that fight. I love the Gillespie uh, Riddell fight. Always good to see uh, Tai Tuivasa back. So that's this Saturday on ESPN. Uh, two prelims at 7 p.m. Eastern and ESPN Plus, and then main card on ESPN on Big ESPN and ESPN Plus, beginning at 10 p.m. Eastern. Couple more things I do want to talk to you about. Are we? What's our What's our official stance? We haven't really gotten into it just yet. Um, and we will, I think, the week of the fight. What's our official stance on Askren Paul? Are we supposed to root for Askren here? Like, is he representing <laughs> yeah, us? Because yes. I see, all right. So Askren had <laughs> Freddie Roach at wild card last week. Is this enough to get the job done? What do we think? Can he I get mean, it done? Listen, we have to. We are rooting for Ben Askren. All I'm right. rooting for Ben Askren more than just the fact that we're Olympic teammates and he's my friend. I'm rooting for Ben Askren because Ben Askren's going out there and representing mixed martial arts against an internet celebrity like Ben Askren has to get this done. And I'm not the only one. Dana White was going to bet Zab Judah a million dollars on Ben Askren. Imagine that, like, right? Dana, this is, Dana, this is crazy. Don't go crazy <laughs> betting a million dollars in a boxing match with Ben. But Ben seems to be getting ready. Ben seems to be right, training. I had, I had some, some you know. Your boogers? Uh, your little boogers coming yeah, down. Kevin I just feel like Kevin Holland said, wipe your boogers. But I had to wipe mine. Uh, Dana's got to be careful betting money on bidding the boxing match because the kid trains. Jake Paul trains. Jake Paul seemed to know what he was doing. Granted, it was against Nate Robinson. But, you know, let's go, Ben. Ben, you got to get this done. Ben, you got to get this done. I mean, ultimate, it, it boils down to this. Ben, ask You got to get it done. You have to get this done. I love the buildup. I think the videos are fun. I love the symbolism of Dana, who, let's be honest, not a big fan of Ben Askren. Askren, not a big fan of Dana, saying, yo, I'm betting on, on the MMA guy a million bucks. I mean, 
that's not chump change. I know Dana's worth a lot of money, but still it's a million bucks. Um, Askren with Freddie Roach is kind of hilarious, but I love it. I mean, I, 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 I he's taking it seriously. Yeah, I can't wait. Too. I'm all in. I know. Ben's a prideful guy all... too. Ben's a prideful guy. He ain't going yeah. in there to lay down for this dude. Ben's trying no. to beat that dude. It's amazing to me how people speak about Ben Askren and talk about him like some scrub because he lost to Hori Masvidal in five seconds. Like this guy, one of the toughest, he's Bob Backlund, circa 1983. Like he is one of the toughest human beings. Doesn't look it, right? Has the dad bod, whatever. This man is squeezing watermelons in his backyard. He's so strong, bro. He's so strong. Like people don't realize like until Ben grabs you how strong he is. And look, yeah, he lost to Masvidal in five seconds. But go back. Universally, people thought that was Ben Askren's fight to lose. Right. And so he got caught with a knee in five seconds. They fight 10 times. Does that knee land every single match? That fight could have went a lot different. Wait, so are you saying it right now? Ben Askren's winning this fight. Is this official? Ben needs to win this fight. Like, no, no, I don't, no, no, no. I Michael ben Chandler says Ben Askren's winning. I see Ben Askren afterwards. He loses to Jake Paul. I'm slapping him. Is he fighting <laughs> Jake Paul? Yes. Or Logan Paul? No, Jake. Ben Askren, you lose to Jake Paul. I'm slapping you. You better beat this dude. You better, don't lose to Ben at uh, Jake Paul. Go beat this dude, man. Come on, Ben, man. You got this is MMA, this USA wrestling. This is everybody. We're all watching. Everybody's watching, Ben. Everybody's watching, man. And I'm telling you, I've spoken to a lot of people. A number of people want to slap you if you don't get this done. So you better get this fight won, man. I'm telling you. No pressure whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, hey, much love to my guy, number 33, the captain. Big Pat. Big Pat did it. He made it happen. Hey, no one wanted to give him a chance in the NBA. 49 years to the day that his mentor, John Thompson, was hired by the Georgetown Hoyas. There he is Saturday night at the Mecca at Madison Square Garden, hoisting the trophy, a sign of things to come, of course, for the orange and blue later on this spring. But so nice to see my guy, Big Pat, number 33, Patrick Ewing, (laughs) a man hoisting that Big East trophy. I love that man. It was awesome, man. It was awesome to see Patrick Ewan uh, win the Big East. It was it was cool to see him climb the ladder to cut the rope, the the, the net. Because <laughs> he really only had to go up one step. He's like one <laughs> step. He's seven foot tall, right? He's on the very bottom step as he cuts the net for the Big East championship. But it's it's great for me to see these former players in these roles and having success. Watching Jawan Howard out at Michigan, Patrick Ewan in the Big East. All these 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 athletes that were children, or when we, when I was going through college, um, and Pat being a pro, but Juwan Howard being in college right as after I, I was, or right before I was, it's great to see these guys being successful and doing what they love to do. But man, it it was just so it was so like symbolic for Patrick Ewan to win the Big East in Madison Square Garden right after you know John Thompson hasn't been gone for very long, so it's uh. It was it was beautiful to see. I I like Patrick Ewan. I didn't like the Knicks, but I like Patrick Ewan because I feel like this man deserves all the credit that he's going to get as he continues to bring back uh, a winning tradition at Georgetown. But remember, I told you a long time ago, Georgetown felt like an, an HBCU, right? Because of Allen Iverson, Patrick Ewan, John Thompson, all the guys that came through. Until morning, until morning, yeah, all those guys. It felt like. It felt like for a young black kid that you were supposed to su- support Georgetown, and it's good to see them having success again. It legit made me emotional, considering all the times he didn't win in the NBA and at Madison Square Garden in the big moments and stages. Um, yeah, it was great. I was so happy to see him get that and get that recognition, especially because he wanted to be an NBA coach and no one gave him that chance. So good on Patrick, and I wish him the best of luck in the NCAA tournament. And hey, maybe one day we'll see a similar situation where a man named Drew Brees is leading the New Orleans Saints Brees, as hey, head coach. Hey, the boy Drew. Hey. Can I give, can I give a shout-out? Well, this is me laying it up for you, yes. Okay, can I give a shout-out? I want to give a shout-out to the greatest quarterback Oh, stop. In NFL, listen, to the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Number nine. Number nine, thank you for what you did for the city of New Orleans, for what you did to an organization that did not have a long history of winning. You made us a perennial winner in the NFC. Drew Brees, congrats on a great career. And hey, listen, Ariel. All is forgiven. Retire. (laughs) Retire. You can retire and do go off into the sunset, not to be seen again. Drew Brees, enjoy your $20 million a year calling football games after this, man. So congrats on a great career. And I know that he's going to bring a vast knowledge to the commentary booth uh, as an analyst. Let's go.
the Jameis era has begun. The no, Jameis, Jameis, like Jameis, man, come on. They just restructured Taysom Hill's deal, saved some money on the salary cap. Let's see if uh, let's see what type of moves they're gonna make because right now it seems like we're going into the season with Jameis and uh, and Taysom, and honestly, yes, yeah. we're still a ten to twelve win team next year. Mm-hmm. So, and and we have. You know, I think now you have the deep threat again because those guys have big arms. Drew's arm was starting to kind of wear down on it. Most importantly, though, special shout out. I failed to do it last week, and I was really upset that I uh, that I didn't do it. Want to give a shout out to Charles Mask Lewis, who 12 years ago last week passed away tragically. I I fear that people like Charles Lewis are going to be forgotten, and their contributions to the sport are being forgotten about as the time goes on. I have said it. I don't think MMA as a whole does a great job of honoring its past. I would love to see an MMA Hall of Fame for the entire sport. Charles Mask Lewis, pioneer, trailblazer, helped a lot of fighters before there was any money in this game. Uh, died tragically 12 years ago last week. Of course, one of the founders of Tap Out back in the day. So I just wanted to say that we remember Charles Lewis and we yeah. will never forget him as well. And think about the fact that Tap Out was such a major brand, right? And, and, and Charles was noticeable. Him and, and, and what was it? Skyscraper. Skyscraper. And, and yeah, like they were just so noticeable. And they were two of the people that you understood that if you got to know those guys, they were nice and willing to help. And again, you know, I think the World MMA Awards does a great job. They named their fighter of the year after Charles. But um, like you said, man, we need to honor the memory of a guy that truly was a trailblazer in our sport. Did you ever meet him or was he before your time? Right before I started. Yeah. Right before I started. You know, when I first got to fighting, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really going anywhere. I was just in the gym training. You know, as I got longer in my career, I started to travel, but I, I was just off in the gym, tucked off whenever he passed away. Yeah. Uh, a horrible day, March 11th, 2009. So I wanted to give him a special shout out as well. All right, DC, we're out of time, my friend. A great show. Go take your nap. I'll take my schluff and uh, we'll reconvene in around seven days or so. Everything okay? No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hey, I said no. That means things are Oh, aren't. no, everything's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Just, All right. Hey, we're going to celebrate next year. Uh, excuse me, next year. Next week, one-year anniversary. For now, though, we're out of time. Enjoy Brunson Holland. Enjoy your birthday, my friend. That's awesome. Happy 42nd early uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, thanks as always to our entire team and to all of you, our listeners, our viewers. We appreciate you more than you know. Continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. And even we even appreciate you rascals on YouTube as well, even though you're <laughs> back next week. Same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here.